I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, July 27th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. Brett, it's my day for fact of the day. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm sure this is going to be, let's just call it unique, a unique fact of the day. Unique and skewed to our older demo. So Joni Mitchell of Canadian fame, the among the most famous folk musicians in the history of folk music, played the Newport Folk Festival last weekend in Newport, Rhode Island, a very famous festival. And it's trending everywhere in boomer feeds across the board. And here's the fact of the day. She wrote the definitive anthem for Woodstock, the famous 1969 pop festival in New York. It's a very famous song and other people have sang it throughout the years. It turns out she was not actually at Woodstock. She wrote it for her friends to sing and for herself to sing post-event, but she wasn't actually there. I learned this week, here's the fact, that she stayed back in Chicago for a TV interview instead of going to Woodstock. What do you think? So, so Jay, well, first thing, I have to ask a question. And this is not, this is, I'm asking for a friend here. Now, I don't think my friend has ever heard Joni Mitchell, ever. Now, if you wanted to get started, what would be the first track that you'd listen to? I like Woodstock, but Big Yellow okay. Taxi is really the one that sort of everybody knows. You know, they paved paradise, put up a parking lot. That, you probably know that phrase. That's where I would start. And then I would go deep into sort of YouTube videos from the late 60s, early 70s. How's that? Jay, Jay, I lied. It's not my friend. It's me. I've never heard Joni Mitchell. I've never even tried to listen to Joni Mitchell. But now, because you've like made it seem like it's such a big deal that she performed at this festival, I do want to hear it. I'm sure it's great. I've heard of Joni Mitchell before. I know she's Canadian. So I'm going to dig a bit into the, the discography. I'll send you a bunch of links so you can get yourself up to snuff before the end of the week. How's that? Yeah, that sounds great, but you were also mentioning that she doesn't sing often. Like this was an unusual thing that she's back in the public spotlight. She does not like the public spotlight. I don't think she ever has. And she has suffered an aneurysm maybe a decade ago and has been relatively reclusive. But apparently Brandy Carlisle, so she's a modern musician, has been hosting Joni sessions at her house. And this was a continuation of that at the Newport Folk Festival. So I mean, if you follow folk music, you've known this is coming, maybe, but it was quite a quite a feat. That's one thing you and Joni have in common. You don't like the public spotlight. I know that about you, Jay, and everyone can tell that. Yeah, all the peak pals out listening to the Peak Daily know that as well. I thought you were going to say we're the same age. Brett, aside from Joni Mitchell's resurgence of the national scene, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, Shopify's bad year continues. For our second story, Unilever is hiking prices. And for our last story, the Kardashians are not happy with Instagram's pivot to video. For our first story, Shopify's no good, horrible, very bad year only got worse after the company announced it was laying off 10% of its workforce, sending shares cratering by 15%. Brett, this is not good at all. What happened? This is tough. And, and you know, our thoughts are out to everybody who lost their job today. I know it's, I'm, I'm sure it's a lot of Canadians. And so it's, it's a tough day for all of them. Now, what happened is a thousand employees across recruiting, support, and sales will be affected as Shopify backpedals on its optimism around the growth of e-commerce beyond the pandemic. In an internal memo by CEO Toby Lutka, he wrote that the bet just didn't pay off. And here's why it didn't work, Brett. E-commerce platforms did gangbusters during the pandemic, but now in-person shopping is enjoying a slow revival. Online retail sales are down 23.5% in May compared to the same time last year. This, according to the most recent Statistics Canada data. Now, Shopify has spent big to spur growth this year, including undertaking a 10 for one stock split 
acquiring a fulfillment company deliverer with two <laughs> R's and introducing 100 plus new products. But shares are still down 81% from all-time highs. By the way, that all-time high is when it was valued higher than Canada's largest company, the Royal Bank of Canada. Shopify's job cuts are so far the largest to hit the Canadian tech space, followed by the layoffs at Simple affecting about 160 employees. As the sector continues to battle a pullback in e-commerce spending, rising interest rates, and supply chain shortages. Now, here's what's next for Shopify. They're going to release their quarterly earnings today, later today. We're hearing this on, on Wednesday. And you can tune in here to see how that all shakes out. But the early prediction is that they're not going to be terrible, but they're definitely not going to be great. For our second story, how much would the cost of your favorite soap need to rise for you to kick its lavender scent and moisturizing properties to the curb? Well, guess what? Unilever, one of the global CPG conglomerates, they're going to find out, Shay. That's right, Brett. The company increased prices across 400 brands from Dove Soap to Hellman's Mayonnaise by 11% as executives try to battle an unprecedented cost landscape, that's what they're calling it, without losing customers to cheaper alternatives. This according to a story in the Financial Times. That's going to be tough for them to balance. That may seem like a steep price hike, but Unilever is not passing on all of the costs to increase increases to customers as the company expects margins to fall this year. So they're eating some of that as well. It's hard to say whether shoppers will tolerate price hikes, though. Unilever warned that supermarkets' generic brands are starting to take market share in Europe and the U.S. And in Canada, Loblaws recorded record profits stemming from discount offerings like no frills. Everyone's favorite. Now, to beat back discount competitors, Unilever is investing heavily into its brands and advertising to maintain loyalty. The company's CEO said, our ability to navigate these conditions is almost entirely dependent on the strength of our brands. Earlier this year, Scotiabank's Patricia Baker told The Peak that when Canadians look to cut spending, they're not looking at their favorite household products, but categories in which trading down is easier, like grocery. Unilever owns brands in both. Now, when it comes to consumer brands, think personal care, cleaning products. Trisha Patricia says, theoretically, there is a falling off point, but demand for the category remains strong since white label products can't offer the same attributes. And this is why it matters, Brett, because retail giants are so dialed into consumer demand, their actions can indicate how the economy is actually faring. For now, rising costs mean taking tough decisions between brand names, although some would take Chapman's over Ben & Jerry's anyway. And for our last story, and I know you're going to like this one, Brett, the Kardashians aren't happy about Meta's moves to make Facebook and Instagram more like TikTok, but not even their clout is powerful enough to stop the pivot to video. You know, you're going to laugh at this one, Jay, but I'm telling you, in 2018, I believe that Kendall Jenner said that she hadn't opened Snapchat in years, and that sent the stock tank. So, you know, it could, there, there's some serious things that could happen from this, and here's what's happening. So Kylie Jenner and Kim Kardashian the second and sixth most followed users on Instagram, reposted a petition to make Instagram Instagram again. That's a cause that I can get behind, arguing that the platform should return to its photo-based roots and stop trying to be TikTok. I, don't, I just didn't know if there was a red hat involved in all of this, but the Celeb Sisters joined a chorus of users that are PO'd about the TikTok-style Reels page, which incorporates videos from across the platform and not just people you follow. Now, Instagram head Adam Mosseri responded to the critique yesterday saying, essentially, tough luck because the platform is changing and more and more of Instagram is going to become videos over time. Now, you might be wondering why Meta doesn't just stop everything and change the strategy to cater to the Kardashians. And it's because the people have spoken and they want video. TikTok is crushing Facebook and Instagram users' engagement numbers with users spending 
26 hours per month on TikTok versus just eight on Instagram. That sounds about right for me, Jay. That level of engagement means major ad bucks for social platforms, and TikTok is reaping the rewards with ad revenue expected to triple this year. Those are good numbers. But here's the thing, and it's not good news for IG influencers like the Kardashians who have built brands and business empires that are now at risk of being supplanted by amateur creators who get boosted into people's feeds by an algorithm. This is the generational divide, Jay. While you're listening to Joni Mitchell, I'm scrolling through TikTok. And here's the bottom line. If you just want to look at photos of your friends, maybe get a group chat going because social media, they're moving full steam ahead towards the algorithm era where engagement and ad dollars are plentiful. And I, for one, Jay, I can't wait. I love the algorithm era. Well, Joni Mitchell on TikTok is fire. So check it out. All five videos. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to. And only. Daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And just a note to Dale, who does put together this episode, we did mention Saskatoon and Saskatchewan in this podcast as it relates to Joni Mitchell. So, Brett, there you go. Well, you know, shout out to Saskatchewan. <laughs>